G'day guys, welcome to TK's Playbook for round 15 where I break down the winners, losers and black bookers from each game. We are brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach and compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. Plenty of cash prizes there as well. And also James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and EFTs. Learn more at jamesapp.com. Now bump around, so I'll go through the normal playbook, the pretty much the injuries, charges. I'll go through my team, a bit of origin chat. I'll go through the eight games and if you want to ask any questions, just pop them in the comments now. Towards the back end of the show, I'll try to get through as much as possible. But bump around, it was kind of a strange round when you think about it. So I actually scored a 969 and went a couple hundred ranks behind. So some people absolutely smashing in the kind of mid-thousands there. So that was kind of what was kind of a good score for this round. But in terms of like looking across my team, I actually didn't think I went too badly. But my centers kind of let me down with both Ramian, Manu and Lemuelo again. Kind of disappointing there. My back three, I was really, really, you know, surprised with, with Buller, Nickel Clockstead and Ponga all smashing it out. Nicker, I let him down, let me down yesterday with that late sin bin. Obviously, Nicker was a little bit off his game, but still smashed out a 60. Hopgood, a few demerits we'll talk about a little bit later. Huss, outperforming. Got a nice 55 from Carl, which was good, but big apologies to anyone that I've sent down James Fisher-Harris's route. He was absolutely disappointing in the 27 there today. So, like I said, a 969 overall rank of 889. I'm pretty happy with that, considering I've got around 12 players for next weekend as well. So let's move on to a little bit of origin chat. So Queensland's pretty much named their team, not officially, but it has been kind of leaked throughout the press. Now they're looking at Tom Gilbert, Joy Arrow, Selwyn Cobbo all being out, replaced by Jeremiah Nanai, Mo Fodawaka and Xavier Coates. 19th man at this stage looks like Corey Horsborough. For New South Wales, all we know is obviously Appy Coruscant got injured on Thursday night. Reese Robson has been informed that he's in the 17. So I know there's a couple of questions about who's the 14 for New South Wales. It's Reese Robson. So there is news today from, uh, this is via News Corp, that Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Murray and Cody Walker all passed fitness tests organised by New South Wales Origin today. So expecting to all have all three in there, there in the New South Wales team today. Bit of chat about Spencer Linu beating out TPJ for a spot as well. And you'd have to think Mitchell Moses would probably be favourite for that number seven. He already was, uh, and that includes Nico Hines' less than stellar performance yesterday and then what we just saw from Mitchell in that game against the Doggies today. So I do expect him to probably line up in the halves with Cody Walker. So great origin series ahead. I think both teams, from what they're saying, is going to be 11 a.m. officially tomorrow. Maybe we will get Queensland's tonight. Pop it in the comments if you do see it come through. Plenty to talk about in terms of the injury ward <clears throat> and also the round 15 charges. Now, the injury ward for round 15, Luke Brooks' hamstring. So he looks like he's gone for a few weeks. Epic Coruscant could be on for an extended stint on the sideline with a broken jaw. Cody Walker, quad, Branko Lee, ankle, Jerry Marshall King, a shoulder, Liam Martin, a HIA. It looks like he's going to get cleared for origin, though. Moses Leota, also a HIA. Royce Hunt, an ankle, Remus Smith, a hamstring, and Ellie Katoa. He had an eye injury, so a few people picking up Ellie Katoa as well. A few interesting ones in the charges. Obviously, we saw Spencer Linu and also Jared, where our Hargroves go. Go head-to-head yesterday. Both been hit with contrary contact charges. Not sure how that lines up, given that is, well, the third charge for JWH and the second one for Spencer Lini. I'm not sure if that is included with the two in there, but they look like fines at the moment, unless they don't want to put the fines. It'll be two matches. The only one of real significance, well, two of significance, would be Mitch Barnett with his grade two careless high tackle, which we won to two matches, as well as Christian Welsh. So he did a hip drop tackle, which is another one to two matches. So he ruled himself pretty much out of origin contention with that silly hip drop that he did there. Fines for Michael Cheekham, Ezra Mam, Nat Butcher, 
Jake Turpin, as I did mention, JWH, Spencer Lenu, and Jack Wyden, Albert Hoppawati, and Murata Nakore. So plenty of naughty people there in round 15. Like I did mention, it looks like at the moment, just bring out my team again, I will probably have about... Probably about 12 players. I'm not expecting Nico Hines to be in the team, so I do expect him to be a number. The one, obviously, we're going to lose Reese Robson. I was, I did pick up Jake Turpin there this week as well, so I'm, I'm well set in terms of hookers, but it's going to be interesting just to see the lineup. At this stage, I'm probably thinking, because both the Cowboys and Broncos, look, they've including the origin period, well, the Broncos do have another three buys ahead, and the Cowboys have another two. And you think about the round 16 that Robson's going to miss as well. I actually do think that he might be my sell. And I'm actually thinking of maybe moving up to Matt, Nat Butcher. He's got a nice little jewel there. Give me a little bit of versatility across the squad. And also give me the 13 that I really want for kind of that round 16. So I think I do want to make a few moves, given that I have lost a few ranks there this week. But let's go through a few of the games there. Like I said, pop some comments in the comments, and I'll try to get through as many as I can throughout the show, especially towards the back end of the show. First game from Thursday night, Titans 28, Tigers 12. Now, given that David Fafita didn't play in this game, there was no worries at all for the Titans. I thought they were very, very good. Tanner Boyd, he is close for me to be a season keeper. One of the ones that didn't sell him. I think if you've got him now, given next week is the Titans' first, uh, sorry, their last buy and the first team to actually finish all buys, I do think that you could hold on to Tanner Boyd pretty much for the season, given that he pretty much has that versatility between halves and hooker. So I think it's not bad. Carrying him as your second or third hooker and also a halves option, I think will do you plenty good. AJ Brimson, I thought he looked great. Very similar to Drinky in the fact that he loves touching the ball. The big thing is he's had two hamstring injuries already. I wouldn't be going rushing in. They do, of course, have a bye. He's 18th man for Queensland as well. I do think that has something to do with the Titans having a bye. I don't expect him to be 18th man come round 19. I do think it's great bye, but he does need to hit... Some three dates for me. Form, health, and if he's anywhere under 550K, I do think he'll be great for the run home. Now, I did write this before I, yeah, before the news about Mo Fodawaker coming into the Queensland team. Now, before that, 718K was going to be stellar for him. Even with a few people returning in the middle, I just think that he commands great minutes and he's just got great work rate. Someone to consider maybe post-Origin because, like I said, they've got no more buys after that. I would probably put an avoid on Tino. Like, I do think he's a bit of a walking suspension in the, in the making. Just seems to be always in the niggle week by week. I think you just don't need to go anywhere near Tino, even for the run home. Now, Cleese Haas, I did think, had his best game, but just just don't go chasing because, of course, his second string, he was only in the team because Fafita was out. So just be very, very careful with Cleese, Cleese Haas. Now, the Tigers made some real interesting moves before the start of the game. We had Johnny Bateman going to lock, which not won't be too bad, but he does need to start starting at lock because they continue... For this game, they named him at second row, which isn't great, especially for D- DPP moving forward. IPAP, he moved to the right edge, which I do think he's a, a better player. And also Clemmer, he played in two stints, which I do think just avoids him just always being fatigued as well. So three interesting options there. Bateman probably be the pick out of all of them, especially if he does get that that DPP moving forward. Just be really careful of your numbers because, of course, the Tigers, Sharks, and also the Dogs all have a buy in round 17. Now, Buller, he's accumulating cash and accumulating cash really fast. Now, given the only thing that we've got to just be careful, he's a rookie, and obviously with all the, the injuries that is happening 
we just got to track his output because there probably will be a stage where he does peak. But don't worry too much because at, at this stage, because he's making so much money, we could probably cash down to either a turbo or Teddy for the run home. So he's a great hold all the way into at least round 19. So don't need to be selling him. He has not peaked anytime soon. Now, like I said, I do prefer Bateman. Bateman using his quick feed in the middle, I really, really like. Just needs to get named in that 13 jersey, and I think he'll present plenty of value, especially for that round 19 buy. No need to rush into him too quickly. They've got, obviously, a round 16. Just be careful of your numbers there. Happy injury does open the door for Simpkin. I do expect them to probably carry a second hooker on the bench there. Having a look at his numbers, his career average in the hooker jersey, he's got a career average of 34 and 55 minutes. So don't expect an 80-minute roll. Could be a nice little cashy and two numbers for round 16 and 19, but... I think for round 16, you need to prioritize some other Tigers well before you prioritize anything to do with Jakey Simpkins. Now, Tommy Talao had an absolute shocker. Scored three. Was at zero at some stage of that game. So I don't think... If you can get him out of your team, please do. Now, moving on. Now, we've got... The next game was an unfortunate one for Jared Croker, of course. Now, the Warriors 36, the Raiders 14. Now, the thing with this one was... Well, obviously, the Raiders are very emotional in this one, right? Croker's 300th. They had a mountain of ball in this first half, but the Warriors just stuck by their guns. Even losing a player like Barnett in the second half didn't do much to, to razzle them. So they're pretty much the real deal. So given that they've got zero origin players and the way SJ is playing, now, this is not old SJ. This is just... And it's not vintage SJ. This is a new age SJ, and... I just love what he's doing at the moment. There is some rumours about him carrying an ankle injury, but this buy round 16, will do him the world of good. So, of course, you don't have to be rushing in next round. So, I just love the fact that they're such a humble team. They play their roles, and I think they're going to be very, very fresh for this semi-final run at home. So, I know we've got a lot of New Zealand supporters <clears throat> in Talking League. So, you know, hats out. I love going over to New Zealand. That time I went over earlier in the season against the Dogs. So... Yeah, I hope you guys do make the semis. Now, Nicole Clockstad, I just think, I think he's turning, I don't know if I can call him a keeper wing fullback, but given how shallow the position is at the moment, I'll be knowing, in no rush to sell him. They've only got, after this buy coming up in round 16, they've got a later buy later in the seasons, around 22 or 3. Now, Jones is hitting 200 run metres a game. In this one, he had a try and six tackle breaks. He's first class, and I do think he's a, a nice little buy there, especially for the run home. Now, deputant centre, Ali Leatua. Now, he's an absolute handful. Now, he could be a great back-end cashy. They do have a buy, which is it's kind of good because then they can... All their centers come back, especially Rocco Berry. So, we can kind of see where he fits for this round 17. So, if he's there for round 17 and Rocco Berry is available, probably means that he's got the jersey for him to lose. In this one, for a young kid, coming against the Croker in his first game, he had 89 meters gained. Three tackle breaks, one line break, one line break assist, 18 tackles and zero missed tackles. So real classy display. So I do expect him to put pressure to continue to have that jersey moving forward. Now, Lukey Metcalf, he's really growing into his role. First couple of games, I didn't love the combination with SJ. Of course, he's at awkward price. And still, job security with him and TMM, I probably wouldn't be rushing into him. Now... On the Raiders' side, Joseph Tarpany. He's a massive concern. He's playing big minutes, so there's nothing around minutes now. He had 62 in this one, had 40 fantasy points, 10 demerits. So he had zero offloads. Given 
what they need from him at the moment. I just think he's just a highly disappointing player. I don't think he's the keeper that you need unless you're pretty much low on trades. So just, uh, I would love to be in the top in again. At the moment, I'm low on trades, so I'm not going to do it, but it's one of those considerations moving forward. Now, Horsborough is king. He ended up being 19th man for Billy Slater, but it's one of those risks that we're always going to take because if Queensland lose game two, he could easily force his way into the 17. He's Raiders' best forward at the moment by a country mile. Now, the, the person I might think might be seen in the next couple of weeks maybe Xavier Savage. Now, they were very flat in attack, and he has scored six tries in his last six games in New South Wales Cup. Apparently, he's playing a lot of wing, though, and only averaging 30 fantasy points. So don't go rushing in, even though even if he is kind of named in that fullback jersey. Now, the only other Raiders of fantasy relevance, probably Fogarty and Tomoko, but I don't think that you need to be buying any of them anytime soon. Now, moving over to Manly versus the Finns. Now, they took an absolute shellacking in this one. So Manly, 58, defeated the Dolphins, fourth, uh, sorry, the Dolphins 12. Ruben Garrick, tunned up. I love it. And a lot of people critical of Anthony Seabold for moving him into right centre. But he could end up being a keeper moving forward there. So it's one of those things that I wouldn't be rushing in to try and get his score for this week. Tommy Turbo and DCE had a huge part in his hat-trick and just significant part in his scoring for this week. So that 100 could easily become a 40 next week or even a 20. So they're going to be significantly undermanned for next week. Now, Tommy Turbo should definitely be in your sights for the run home. I don't think, look, out of the next five, I probably don't expect him to play one or two games. So even though he's just going to be over 600K, I do see plenty of value there, especially if the Blues pick up game two. Now, Sammy Fainu, now he got some nice minutes despite starting from the bench, but I think you've missed the boat. You needed to be on already. Again, I don't expect him to be starting next round, so you're probably bringing him in for two rounds. I think the trade is worth more than the actual score for round 13. Now, Kohler looked amazing for the first time this year. Obviously, he's got speed to burn, but I don't think you need to be investing in him because of the lack of consistency. Now, on the Dolphins side of things, they started with Branko Lee at right edge, which allowed Val Meninga to start. Now, you do need to track the injury report because Branko was injured again. So, Val could be an interesting number. They do have a buy next week, so you do get probably a little bit more info before you need to make a decision in round 17. But he could be a nice round 19 number, especially if you don't want to be spending too much on a wing fullback or centre. I was surprised Lee actually you know, filled in at edge instead of Aiken, but... He looks like he's injured again, so I wouldn't suspect... Yeah, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon. Now, Jerry Marshall King, he is a massive concern. Now, that shoulder flared up again. Only got 41 minutes in this one. Now, handy timing with a bye because he gets another week of rehab, but I think in around 17, if he doesn't play 80 minutes in that one, you might be better off maybe trading him out for someone else moving forward. So I definitely don't think he'll be a keeper keeper moving forward. Now, I think the bubble has burst a little bit on the Finns. Now, no disrespect to the Finns, but it is a long season. They don't have a huge amount of depth and over 27 rounds, I guess this was always going to happen. So try to work your way into potentially just having Lemu Lelu as a keeper moving forward. So I think the inexperience is just catching up with him a touch. Now, moving over to the Saturday games. Now, both of these teams, the Dragons and Rabbitohs, were highly understrengthened in this one. The Dragons missed Jack DeBellin and Jack Bird, while the Rabbitohs had all their pretty much origin players, Murray and Luttrell, as well as Cody Walker, out in this one. So no doubt that the Dragons got a little bit of a 
an upset on this one because of the amount of people that the, uh, the Rabbitohs actually had out. Now, Jaden Sewer, he knocked out another 50 for fun. He's got a lower score of 49 in his last seven games. So he's hitting some really great lines in this one. Had a really unusual 14 tackles, but he did make it up for it with his offensive game. I think you only consider him if you've got a heap of trades, otherwise avoid. Now, Sloane, it was great to show he's just a great footballer. I love watching him play. Two try assists in this one. A threat every time he touched the ball. His highest score since round eight. So no need to be buying him or anything like that. But 3% of the top 5,000 still own him. So he's still in a few teams there. Black Laurie came back early from injury. Got back to a form from early season. 50 fantasy points in 40 minutes. Again, no need to be buying him. And now 6% of coaches still own Ben murdoch Masilla. So he had low scores. Doesn't have any work rate at all. Please get rid of him before you continue to fall behind on that one. Now, Cookie had his best game. I do expect him in the number nine jersey for New South Wales as well. Had 118 metres game. Been waiting for this all season. Really stepped up. Four tackle breaks and two liner breaks. And had 68 fantasy points. So, did have a poor missed tackle on the try line, which I'm sure Freddie Fittler saw as well. But probably trying a little bit too hard, especially in the second half. And he did have a few er errors here and there. Now, massive junk time scoring really saved Campbell Graham. He had, a, he had a hand in one and then scored another. His score pretty much went from 20 to 64 in the last 10 minutes. So it's one of those things I do expect him probably to be 18th man for New South Wales. But just be careful. Don't be picking him up. Totola just knocked out another one for fun. mid forty score, which is pretty much doing what we kind of thought that we what he was going to be valuable for. So continues to make a little bit of money, so hold him for now. 11, 11% of the top 5,000 do hold Jacob Post, so I think you need to be getting rid of him. And Colin Matungi, he played in the middle for majority of this game, knocked out 47 fantasy points, did have 14 demerits in this one. I do think it's an avoid. They do have three buys to finish, so just be careful of that. So that's pretty much 25% of their games moving forward. Probably the best game of the round that I saw was the Broncos defeating the Knights. Knights had a really massive dig in this one. They were ahead with, what, 10 minutes to go. Ended up getting defeated 24-20. to 20. Some late tries and some late brilliance from the spine. Probably Walshy. Walsh and Ponga, that was a scintillating matchup one-on-one. And, yeah, it was one of those things that they came together so many times in this game as well. But Mam's flick pass for Reynolds' try was absolutely clutch. No doubt that Reynolds probably impressing Freddie Fittler as well. So he'll be right in the thoughts between him and Moses. Be two good sevens there going for that jersey. Husk smashed out a 93. 222 metres gain, seven tackle breaks, 41 tackles and four offloads. Now, you probably could make a case to sell Payne House depending on your squad balance, and your numbers for round 16 and 19. Now, the, why I'd say that is in the final 12 games, he misses three buys. So he still has two origins to back up from as well. So do track that because if he, if he is a late pullout for that round 17 post the origin two, I probably would sell him. I probably won't sell him this week. I think Robson's more of a sell, but... I wouldn't want to have that much money on the sidelines for five out of the last 12 games. So just keep an eye on that. Same thing goes for Walsh. Walsh scored 71 fantasy points and Carrigan 61. But they're going to miss at least three of the next 12 and up to five. So just be careful. If you're holding on to all three, I think you need to offload at least two and make a bit of a consideration for maybe all three. Now, Tyson Smoothie, he's an interesting one. Got the start. 
over Corey Pakes in this one. He played the last 20 minutes for 18 fantasy points. Now, you don't have to go rushing into this one, but if an injury does happen to someone like Billy Walters and he does get to a chance to start in these last kind of 12 games, he could be a really good cash down. So highly talented player, and he can play both sides of the ball. So just keep him in your thoughts for a cash down. Not now, but later in the season. Now, Callum Ponga, he was back to his best. Just looking better week by week. 71 fantasy points in this one. Just waited for... He wasn't. He was on about five after thirty-five minutes, and then scored a scintillating try to put him in to some great confidence just before the break. Seventy-one fantasy points coming from a try, two line breaks, two hundred twenty-three meters gained. Was touching the ball. Confidence is building. I think you do need him moving forward. He's at even now at a really good price, dirt cheap. He's dual, and given that he's already stood down from Origin for this year, I do think he is a massive buy now. I think you've got to put a massive avoid on Adam Elliott. Not the same player that we saw last year. Looks a little bit unsettled. 38 minutes, only 27 fantasy points. Had eight demerits, and he's losing minutes by the week. Craig Marzu had a not-too-bad 36 fantasy points. I say not-too-bad because it was all in base. He was unlucky not to score a try in the corner. He does have a great strike record this week and this year, sorry. And Ponga, with him parking himself down the left corridor... I still think there'll be endless opportunities for him. So he's a pod buy. Now, post-round 16, I do think it's time to sell Felix Crossland. If you are still holding, just has zero consistency. Scores of 43, 24, 50, and 26 in his last four games. So I know it's a great number for your round 16 team, but I think post that, just flick him off. Now, uh, now, moving over to the Roosters and Panthers games. Panthers flogging him 30-6, to six, even without the chin, just making mince meat of the Roosters. Nat Butch is a real interesting one, and someone in my thoughts for this week. A handy 64 fantasy points, all in base as well. Now, he didn't even hit his break-even, which was 68, so he loses a little bit of cash. Tried all night. You could just tell. All the tries, breakaways that the Panthers did, he was pretty much the only guy chasing. So, it's one of those things that he's, he's pretty much starting week by week on the edge and doesn't look like they're really going to be moving him anytime soon. Radley returns in a couple of weeks. Be interesting what to do what they do with Topanua, but realistically, Napuch is the only guy that really is considering that is performing week to week. Now, Turpin is a great buy, especially if you've got Robson or a few of us bought him as backup anyway for this week. He's 62 on base. So you can tell a team that is struggling with the dummy half pretty much doesn't go for a single run. So even with the cheese four weeks away, I do think he's a buyer. He'll be in a really deep negative break even this week. Now, Tedesco and Manu tried their best. I do expect Manu to move back to fullback this week. They do need Sam Walker back ASAP, but it's one of those things that Manu just ain't a six. And it was really strange because, well, they they had a, a halfback at center and they played Manu at six and it just didn't work. Uh, Angus Crichton, he played 38 minutes, so starting to creep up in minutes a little bit. That's the highest he's had since round 11. Now, he's only started two games from his seven, just doesn't look there. We do know he's class, though, so he's around that mid-500k. So keep an eye on him, but I wouldn't be rushing into him anytime soon unless he can knock out a few 50s and return back to the starting lineup. Now, big apologies, James Fisher-Harris. Now, I'm not totally to blame, but I put a buy on him. Very unhappy 27 fantasy points. Only 37 minutes, despite Isaiah Yo having, what, this big work rate and 80 minutes. Lindsay Smith, for example, had 57 minutes in this one. Now, I don't trust Cleary. We had no news on Hosking getting getting rested in this one. So I'm not sure what they're holding him for, but I might hold him for the next couple of weeks, and then I think he's going to be a sell. I wouldn't be holding him, let's say, come round 19, unless we see some really big 50s and return some big minutes coming up. Now, Scotty Sorensen, I didn't mention before Nat Butcher, 
their biggest thing is their positional kind of – what I mean by that positional risk is the fact that they both are great in the middle as they are on the edges. So his low 700Ks, which you would never have thought, does have a jewel, and he's playing just great on that left edge. Now, career best form, his last four of 94, 55, 42, and 67, was an absolute monster out there with his runs and offloads. Only downside risk is positional uncertainty. So we do know how good he is in the middle rotation. Got 59 minutes and still smashed out a 60-plus score. So he's just a great guy that just gets down and dirty every week, so I can't tell you not to buy him. Now, Dylan Edwards, he had a nice, nice try, but still only 43 fantasy points there. We did think that maybe with Chin missing that he might be on the way down, but 53 average still across the season. I don't expect him to be anywhere near origin. I think he's still a pretty good buy. The Panthers only have one more buy after this as well, so he's pretty much in the top three wing fullbacks at the moment, so not a bad investment. Now, Cogger, a handy 48 fantasy points, led the team around really well. So, obviously, he's, he's a pretty experienced guy. He's just come back from the Super League as well. Plenty of New South Wales Cup experience and a little bit of first grade there before he left for the Dogs as well. So, plenty of traffic went his way. 29 tackles, only had one miss and had a great kicking game in this one. Like I said, led the team around the park well, but I wouldn't be investing in him. I just think he's too much of an awkward price. So, stick clear of that one. So, two games to go, and one of them really hurt badly. I'll see if I can bring him up. Sorry, it's just loading. I may as well go to the last game while I try to load. I'll just remove that one from the studio, try to bring it up. It's like it doesn't want me to show it because I'm so embarrassed about the Sharkies game. But we'll bring this one back up. We'll go to the Doggies and uh, Eels. So the Eels smashing the Doggies 34-12. to Look, it was the King Gutho show on the King's birthday. What can I say? Three tries. He had a 69. And then Moses... I think he's pretty much grabbed that New South Wales jersey with a 75 fantasy point. What I really love about Moses, and I know a lot of people went into him this week, I'd probably maybe avoid selling him because I think he will be a kind of... He's at keeper level form at the moment, so no need to be trying to get rid of him anytime soon. But it's one of those things that if you've got a stack of trades, you might want to consider maybe getting rid of him. But I think... Having a look at him with his three try assists, just led the team around so well. I'd be keeping him. Dejan Azzi, he's at a really awkward price of 486. Had some really classy touches there today, but it's one of those things. Dylan Brown's availability, he could easily be back in two weeks, so too risky at the moment. Now, Hopgood, he had 48 fantasy points. Heaps of demerits, nine in this one. I do expect him to play 80 minutes next week. Had 64 in this week. No, no doubt that they're probably managing him, given they're going to be missing a couple of middles for next week. Brendan Hans is an interesting proposition. Just track what they actually are kind of trending on the news with Josh Hodgson. I had a feeling this would happen. Now, he played 80 minutes out there, proving his worth, 32 fantasy points only, but I can only see him going better and better. A few missed tackles there to kind of kill his score, but he had 79 metres gained and 73 kick metres. So he was just helping out his halves so much more. I do expect him to take that that number nine jersey moving forward. Now, on the other side of the ball, Carl Oluwapu continue, continues to make some great cash. Career high 56 fantasy points in this one, despite missing seven tackles. So, could have nearly had 70 fantasy points plus. He has set up a beautiful try for Matty Burden. He beat four defenders, so did show his class. He'd also miss a really bad tackle on RC4. 
Simonson strike. So it's one of those things that if you want a cheap half for round 16 and 19, I think Carl Oluwapu is your man there. I like what I saw from Jacob Faraz. I did think that he looked a lot better health-wise out there. 37 fantasy points from 152 metres gained and three tackle breaks. No need to rush him in, given what we know about round 17 and all the buys there, but do track his output because I think in round 19 he will be a very cheap wing fullback option. Does need tries to return. Would like to see a couple there before I do risk. Mid 400 Ks. So I think he will be a very, very good purchase if he can continue his base and then add some tries. Now, you could make a case for Matt Burden, especially if he does miss out on the New South Wales State of Origin team. He's had three 60s in the last four games. So scores of 63, 61, 44, and 70. No doubt running the ball more, and I think he's looking more and more settled in the number seven jersey. So consider him. Preston, another strong 55 fantasy points. So I do think that you can hold for another week until round 17. Now, Kingy, I think Maxi King is a massive avoid. Only played 30 minutes in this one. It just looks like that rib injury that he's carrying is kind of affecting his minutes and output. So I think he's just doing a job because his coach needs one at the moment. Now, TPJ had a shocker. He impersonated a first grader out there. Some really fundamental errors out there, and I think he'll be a both avoid for Freddie and fantasy moving forward. Now, I can't believe this game. This was the most embarrassing game in the history of my Sharks porting. Storm 54, Sharks 10. Very embarrassing. Now, two plays in my sights, and it should be also in your sights moving forward, and it's for post-origin. And that's Cameron Munster and Harry Grant. Now, both are at massive discounts. Munster at 726K, and he had 78 fantasy points, full of energy, three try assists, 214 metres gain, seven tackle breaks. Now, Harry Grant's at 748K, and he adds, what, another 20K, had 91 fantasy points. The key was 201 metres gained. So they ripped apart the Sharks, especially the Sharks mid. Like I said, wait till origin, but I do think you're going to need these two on the run home. With Munster, the thing with, like, everyone's going to want Chin, but the thing with Chin, that hamstring injury just concerns me about wasting a trade on the run home just in case of the reoccurrence. I do maybe prefer Munster because of price and because of health. Now, Nelson on edge, he's an elite. So it's going to be interesting to see where they're playing moving forward because he does have that rib complaint, but I do think it's a lot injury. It's a lot easier for him to manage when he's on an edge running at smaller players. He had 64 fantasy points in 63 minutes. Looked absolutely so much more effective than, than in the middle. So Meany, Meany's a little bit of a... Uh, a one that's going under the radar, 611K. Looks like a very solid investment. Currently averaging 46 for the year. Had 53 against the Sharks, which did include nine goals. Now, you want guys that are great goal kickers in strong teams. So I do expect his value to continue to increase as the season goes on. Now, they as well will have, what? They've got one more buy from memory coming up. That's in round 19. So he does have year average of 0.7 tries, 142 metres gained, three tackle breaks, and Pups looks nowhere in sight. So I do think that he will be a tidy investment if you're looking for someone under 650K. Don't want to really invest in someone like a Dylan Edwards moving forward. Now, Sharks, I'm going to give it to you. Disgraceful team performance, no energy in defense, no defensive cohesion. They looked, they took, continue to take low percentage plays, and that included from Nico Hines. Second straight week that they've missed 40-plus tackles. Matt Moreland missed 10. And after his career year of 200... Don't be... Sometimes... So that's the problem with like looking at stats. If you compare Matt Moreland's stats from last year to this year, his stats are pretty comparable. But it's pretty obvious his combination with Nico Hines isn't working. And his defense and his liability in the left, left edge 
is really causing some issues. Siffer also had some poor D. I do expect both Connor Tracy and Braden Trindle to be in real consideration for this week because they're waiting in the wings. They're both first graders, and uh, every any time that they've come on, Connor Tracy absolutely brained Gagai last time he played, and we, we saw how good Braden Trindle was in the first three games. So the mid-rotation, also highly concerning. You think about the starters. Finucan had 43 minutes, Ueli 45, Hunt 35, what other starting team in the top eight has their mids running that rotation? McKinnis can't even play. He's the guy that needs to play big minutes. And at the moment, he's not. Fitz has got to pull his head in a little bit on this one. Now, Brendan Nakora, I do expect to still be a very good fantasy prospect moving forward. Had a, more of his a, one of the low games. 42 was majority in defense, but he did lose seven points pretty much right in the siren when he was sent to the Sinbin for that silly pullback of Munster. I do think we're going to see a massive bounce back against the Dogs. How could it not? Because that's a pretty embarrassing for a top four team to be beaten, even away from home with so many origin line uh, spots on the on the line. For them to do that, I just didn't think that was good enough. I think Fitz will send a rocket up the team, and I do expect some big changes moving forward. All right, guys, that was the team, the game section of the playbook. I'll answer a few different questions to... Let's see what's out there, and we will have a look. Jono, how champion what around? So we get Nico Hines next week. Yeah, certainly looks like it at the moment. Brendan Fickery, my man. Hines or Burden for the 14 role? I do expect neither of them to be there. I think Burden might be 18th man, maybe. And then I do expect Reese Robson to be there. Now, Chris Rutter, flanging in a smoky foraging after New South Wales Cup performance. Nice one. Dommy Griffin, now big man Dom. He scored 1,092 with 16 scorers. Now, that was a big round by you, mate. And he's got two <laughs> two trades to go. So he's obviously going very, very heavy there. Kieran Patole, got to love having JMK, JFH, Ramian and Tapin. Otherwise, decent round with 991. That's pretty good considering all those players. So just stay hold, uh, stick pretty solid with those players. And then, okay, Moses and Bateman for clearing Hosking. So that was some good trades. Now, let's look out. What else? Anything out there? Michael Keeman, shout out to him. Up the Mighty Warriors, SJ Dallium, halfback. Next question, Tim Chase, Liero or sell after next week? Yeah, I think he does. I think he's peaking out. Had a few, just having a look at kind of what he did yesterday. Trent Liero, he did target Nico quite a bit yesterday. Why did he drop off? He played 80 minutes, but just didn't get really going there much, I guess. The Sharks didn't have much ball, so he didn't really rack up much defense there at all. Only had 16 tackles in that one. But I do think, yeah, post kind of round 16, you can definitely offload him. One offload, Aiken had 573k. Best option, thinking Gagai. Yeah, I guess Gagai's not a bad option. You're probably overpaying there for a center. He's going to be just having a look for you now because Gagai had a 60-plus performance game there on the weekend. So be interesting. He could be easily over 700K, which I don't think you need for Dane Gagai. Yeah, he will. Actually, just hit break even. So 657K. Does average 53. So could be a nice little number there. Will be a pod play because Dane Gagai is only owned by 2.6% there. So... Ashley Boone, Carl played half the game at lock. Yeah, good observation there. I was on and off the game today, so good observation. Hope that move, that continues moving forward. Charles Walters, Robson straight to Turpin. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good move. I don't think you need Robson considering how many matches he's probably going to be missing moving forward, and I think Turpin will be a great cashy 
that, you know, if you can store some cash, I think you need Harry Grant now on the way home. Sharkies, Kieran again, also for the Sharkies, does the likes of Wilton, Moisa, Sifan, Fu, Nukin, needs Stinson Cup. I don't think Wilton will. I don't think Fanukin will. I can see Sifa back on the bench. I do think Moisa does go back to New South Wales Cup. Robson to Simkin. The only thing with Simkin, I think you've got to be just wary that the Roosters probably play Turpin a lot bigger minutes than Simkin, and Turpin also has a better track record than Simkin as well. So you've already got Turpin. So maybe just look for Robson to someone that can provide a good number for both 16 and 19 there, James. Now, Luay, do you think Connolly Lemu Elu is a sell. Nah, I don't think so, man. He's still hitting those high 30s. If he started hitting like 20s and low 30s consistently, then maybe on the run home at their last buy, you probably could sell him to someone that is performing week in, week out. Brendan Vickery, Penasini, he had an absolute stellar game there as well today. What, he hit another 50 from what I saw. Penasini, yeah, 50 on the dot, scored a try. Yeah, just... He's a really good pod center moving forward. Let's hit a couple more questions before Heinz misses game two. Auto pick up after buy next week. I, yeah, it's an interesting one. Just I think if he doesn't get picked for game two, I think he's an automatic selection for anyone. Last question, Jason Boone, how many trades do you reckon we should have post-19 before we get the plus eight? I think you probably need, I'm going to say three. If you can have three plus the eight, that will give you 11 for the last eight games, and I think that will do you well. So definitely try to hold on into as many as possible, and if you can get those 13 numbers for both round 16 and 19, I think you'll be in really good standing. All right, team, I hope you had a really good weekend, especially if everyone in New South Wales with public holiday today. I hope you had a bit of fun over the weekend. We'll be back tomorrow really quick with a TLT podcast. Andy and the boys are back on Wacky Wednesday, so Andy... Will be the OGs are all back tomorrow, and then Andy's back on Wednesday. He'll be joined by Tim and Sean. Robo pushes over to Thursday, but and then also check out Trending Trades, our new show with Jakey. Jakey does about seven minutes, just looking at the six best trade-ins for the round. So really, really punchy show and some great info there from Jake. So get around that one as well. All right, team. Thanks for your company tonight. Really enjoyed bringing that to you on a Monday night, but we'll be seeing you again tomorrow night. So thank you again, and we will check you soon.